The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about self-love. And if there's one thing I've learned of Uh, actually now it's 29 years of mediating, is that if you're not happy with yourself and you don't love yourself, it's much easier to get into conflict because you have your inner conflict and that gets expressed in outer conflict. And if you're more loving to yourself and more loving to others, then obviously the conflict diminishes. So we're going to talk about how to have a resent-free life and how to be joyful and love yourself, and that helps you to eliminate conflict. So let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest. Today we are going to be interviewing Dr. Shailen Pham, who is a licensed psychologist, author, and speaker, and she has a new book called The Joy of Me. She's also the principal and founder of Psychological Services and Holistic Health, Inc., and she works with individuals and couples on depression, anxiety, anger management, trauma, addiction, borderline personality disorder, and all sorts of relationship issues. And Dr. Shailen Pham has been practicing psychology for over a decade and has helped many people to live a healthy and happier life. And so she wrote this book called The Joy of Me, and the subtitle is Uncover Yourself Through the Art of Being Selfish. So that's, we're going to talk about what she means by that. So welcome and thank you for joining us from L.A. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Great. So, Shailen, you know, people think that the word selfish is a negative word. So, in your book, you're suggesting, at least on the cover, you're saying, hey, you know, it's okay to be selfish. And what do you mean by that? Absolutely. You know, the the negative connotation that comes with the word selfish is that something that we have learned from, you know, early on, that selfish is bad that we are supposed to be giving, we're supposed to love and to share. And so here, you know, a lot of time people think of selfish as a negative thing, but in the reality, selfish is not necessarily a bad thing. It is the first form of taking care of yourself. Because if you if all of your needs are met, you wouldn't need to be selfish, quote-unquote. Right, right. So if if you're... 
um, if you're being selfish and, and you look at it as taking care of yourself, then you're not being codependent. And I notice that when I have people who are in my mediations and they're in conflict or they're in a divorce, sometimes they're codependent and they are so giving that they never give back to themselves and then they get resentful. Is that something that you see in your practice? Absolutely. Because, you know, we've been taught to give, but we're not, you know, we haven't been taught how to give. And so oftentimes we're trying to be selfless and we're trying to put other people first. And we give ourselves, we give our best, we give all that we have. And at the end of the day, sometimes we unconsciously, if not most of the time actually, we unconsciously hoping for that to be reciprocated or there's an expectation. And when it doesn't happen, then you left being, you know, with an empty cup and you've given out so much with nothing returned then you end up with the resentment. Yes, yes. So why is it that you decided to write this book? Uh, because, you know, one of it is from personal influence. Um, I grew up in a family that's very loving, uh, supportive, but also have very high expectations. And at, you know, growing up, I didn't know any better. So I'm like, okay, so just kind of follow the the rules, you know, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a good degree, good, get a good job. And when I was in grad school, I was almost complete with my uh, uh, doctorate degree. And I was like, okay, so I have this list of goals. I almost you know, complete everything. How come I still feel so empty? Right. And that is, you know, part of, you know, with other um, events that happening at the time that went in a... Uh, is a group therapy class um, that we have to go through as part of the program that we do a lot of processing. And I realized at the time that I have been trying to live up to my parents' expectations, trying to earn their approval. Right. And the sad part is, you know, oftentimes, and I've seen this many times with my patients as well, is when we're trying to chase for that approval and that word of affirmation, you, you don't usually get it. And first you have to do everything for you to take care of your needs, and then other people will come along and they will give you that. But when the chase is for that, you then end up not getting it. Yes, and we really can't live other people's lives, right? Absolutely and, not. And, and, we can't. <laughs> and, you know, we can try to please people, but the thing is, if I was to line up nine people, you know, they will have ten different opinions, and that will change from day to day. So you can't really please anybody. Right. You have to figure out what it is that's that's right for you. And I think this is what happens many times in relationships. People kind of lose themselves, whether it's a relationship with parents where they're trying to please their parents, or then they get married and they're trying to please their significant other, and they kind of lose themselves, and that then they get resentful, right? Absolutely, yes. And that is one the one thing that, you know, you have seen in, in your work, and I've seen it, is that you don't want to lose yourself in the relationship, because I know the relationship, yes, it's important that it is what both of you cultivated and bring into to create a healthy relationship. But when you lose yourself, then you end up not knowing who you are or where you want to go. And you yeah. be, you know, like you use the word codependent. Right. 
And lots of times people are afraid of saying no to each other. And then they'll they'll say yes, but they really mean no. So it's kind of a passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. So so you know that I see that all the time in relationships as well. And that there are there's a book that I love by a professor of mine from actually from Harvard who teaches negotiations, and he has a book called The Power of a Positive No. Mm. So you talk about um, saying no. So, you know, there are ways to say no in a positive way, like, no, I can't do that, but I could do this. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. So some people, what do you say when they go, well, I, you know, I don't know how to say no to my, to my spouse or my boyfriend or my girlfriend. So, um, what is the respect and and power behind your no in a relationship? We say yes because we believe the word yes is what people want to hear and we think it's good. But, for example, I use this often to say, let's say that you have a sister or you have a kid or, you know, brother who's younger. And if, let's say, this two-year-old kid is asking for ice cream for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, would you say yes to that? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the that's the time. That's the thing is that the no. There is a lot of power behind the word no, and sometimes no means love. Yes. Because just because that you say yes, it doesn't mean it's the most healthy thing. And particularly when it comes to relationships, you know, when we constantly saying yes, we don't set the boundaries yes. for ourselves. And the boundary is what we need, that invisible fence that we need to take care of ourselves and our needs. Yes. And boundaries are so important with children, too, being able to say no and being, you know, having a kid say, I hate you, you know, for saying no. I mean, I remember when uh, my daughter was, you know, a teenager, and if I would say, no, you can't do that, or you can't go out tonight till you finish your homework, mm-hmm. and then you hear this, I hate you, I hate you. you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's it's rough. It's uh, it's it, it hurts the parent more sometimes to say no mm-hmm. than it hurts the kid. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the thing that when you have to, and that's why you don't want to lose yourself because that's when you end up letting those words affecting you and sometimes even ultimately your judgment. And so that's why we have to find ourselves and to know, not only know, but truly believe that, you know, when you say no, you did it not only with good intention, but you do it for the benefit of the others and for yourself as well. Right. So um, for people who feel anxious about that and kind of out of control, that they don't have control, whether it's with their kids or their significant other or friends, you know, what is a secret to getting your power back? That is when you learning to distinguish what is within your control and what is not. Because oftentimes what I have seen is that people running around trying to control everything around them. They control the external um, environment. And when we're trying to control the external environment or with other people, we have very slim chance, if not none. Right. So the only thing that you really have control is over your own behavior, your own choices, your own words, your own actions. And so that is one very simple concept, but oftentimes people miss 
and they get so distracted with trying to control the environment, the external stimuli, rather than controlling the, you know, from within. Yes. And, you know, it's it, people do try and control the other. And, you know, I've the older I get and <laughs> the more I realize it's uh, the only one I can control is myself. And that is hard enough. I mean, if I <laughs> if I if I, you know, I was just away and people we were out to dinner and people were eating desserts and I've been really trying to be good and just trying to get myself not to eat the tiramisu and not to eat the oh, chocolate so cake, good. you know, I mean, but that's hard enough to control yourself, let alone try and control somebody else, which you have no idea what's really going on in their head anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, I think it's really a challenge just to be able to be insightful and control our own self. That's that's hard, let alone anybody else. And and also the thing is because you know, like you're talking about how because when you say tiramisu, I'm like, oh my god. I'm like drooling right now, uh, <laughs> but like because it's so hard to control ourselves. So sometimes we bypass that and see if I can control all the people. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And especially like in my profession, and maybe even in yours, but for my profession, people ask me my advice, mm-hmm. you know, and ask me what should I do, and then, you know, then I have the opportunity to tell them, and then if they don't take my advice, then, you know, they have to suffer their own consequences. But, you know, I've, I have to learn to pull back. And sometimes you're in a profession that you are telling people what to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and trying to help them. You're trying to tell them, hey, you know, don't say yes to everything that your kid asks you or don't say yes to your husband. You know, we are telling them that, but it's always their own choice. And that's a uh, it's a little bit of a tough time sometimes when they don't listen to you and then they experience the pain because they didn't. It's, you know, it's their own lesson, I guess, right? Yes, it can be frustrating at times because um, you know that, you know, they come to you for advice and you give them the advice that they need. But at the end of the day, it's, we all are the owners of our own choices. Yes, now you give some tips about um, when people are are you know sad or down or you know not doing well and they need an instant mood boost. Why don't you share those five tips? Oh, absolutely. Um, this is really again, it's very simple, and I've noticed the simple things are the thing that people uh, don't do, and somehow it's I think it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. right. And so oftentimes people forget. So I would say, you know, if you are um, feeling down and typically from, you know, per- perspective of from someone who is feeling depressed or something like that, um, most of the time when you're feeling down, you want to isolate yourself. You um, want to alienate yourself from um, people around you. So I would say, you know, the first thing that you need to do is you always need to get up and do your hygiene. Um, that can really instantly uh, boost up your mood because when you are feeling clean, then, you know, you're feeling a bit better after a shower or a bath. Right, and right. And then uh, put on clothes that you, you absolutely love, uh, that you feel good in, something that you look good. So that way, it's another boost. When you stand in the front of the mirror and you see yourself, you know, looking good, you feel good. 
And with that, you're also more inclined to get out of the house. Right. Because when you don't do your hygiene and you stay in your PJ, you just want to get cooped up in the house. Right. So I would say the third thing is, you know, get out of the house, go for a walk, and interact. I don't care who you interact with, maybe a doorman with a stranger from a coffee shop, but do something. Talk to someone because we need to have that interactions. And when we um, engage with other people, it helps us to remove ourselves from um, dwelling on whatever that is causing us to feel down. Right. right. And one other thing that I would say is do something kind for yourself. And that could be just a simple treat, whether it's tiramisu (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, a cup of coffee or an ice cream, anything like that. Um, So that, you know, because when, if you love something, you want to treat it well. And we ourselves oftentimes neglect the very person who needed to be treated well is ourselves. So that is a time to treat yourself the, you know, the small luxury to help yourself to feel special. And then I would say each week on a weekly basis, schedule a me time for you at least one time a week to do a fun activity that you enjoy. Yes. Yep. Those sound like great ideas. I know another one is just if you have a pet, a a cat or a dog, you know, that's unconditional love. Not so much a cat, (laughs) but a a dog will, um, you know, loving up a dog and cuddling with the dog always seemed to help. If my kids were down, they would just cuddle with the dog. And I know that it works for me as well. And sometimes even to do something for someone else, you know, if you're down and, and, and somebody else is down, if you could do something for them, it kind of helps you to boost yourself too absolutely even the simplest thing you know when you interact with other people you ask them how their day or you know just the symbol of holding a door for somebody yes and they would simply say a thank you that the gratitude and that will help you as as well yes yeah mm-hmm. just trying to be do something positive but those are those are great things i know whenever i've been sick and i'm you know laying in bed and you start to you know if you've been sick with the flu or something and you're laying in bed you don't you know you start to get down because you like want to get up and you can't and when you finally can get into the shower and for me getting into the shower getting dressed putting makeup on you know that always helps it always oh, yeah. helps me just, you know, even if, if I look like I'm all drawn out, if I put makeup on, I can put a little bit of something on that makes me at least look better than I did when I was in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about letting go of guilt and shame. You know, one of the things that, that I always see, especially when I'm doing uh, divorce mediation, is that there is a lot of guilt and blame and shame going oh, yeah. on. And that's the ruination of any loving relationship is the the guilt and the blame and the whole cycle of that repeating itself. So what are some essential keys to kind of getting rid of guilt and shame and blame? And, um, you know, that it's go, it has multiple folds to it, whether it is the guilt, the shame that you have because something you've done or... Um, you know, for example, like sexual trauma or something like that, right, that also right. have cost you as well. Right. Um, but for the uh, the sake of talking about, you know, the, the guilt for now, is that you have to learn to recognize where the expectation coming from. 
Because when we feel guilty about something, it's mean because we have feel like we have done something wrong. Right. And so it's really important to recognize: Did we really do wrong, or that we missed the mark, or we failed to live up to someone else's expectation that have had for us, or an obligation that we unintendedly put on ourselves? Right. Right. And then, in terms of you know, with the the guilt. Is that you know? For I think every situation in life, there is. It sounds really cliche, but there is reason for it, and there's always learning opportunity in there as well. So yeah. when we look at a situation and we only focus on the negative side, then it will constantly pulling us down. Right. But if we're looking at a situation and if we see something in there that we can learn from and there will always be something that we can pull from and learn from, then it's a learning opportunity and that is actually a process for you to grow. Yes. And so that is when you have to learn to realize that if you are growing, if you're learning, that means you're getting wiser. And if it wasn't for this, you wouldn't be right. where you're at. So that's where, you know, learning to be kind to yourself and to forgive yourself and let go of that shame. Right, right. So so guilt is being angry at yourself, and shame is what? How? What is really the difference between guilt, guilt and shame? Guilt is that you you feel bad for what you have done wrong. Uh-huh. Shame okay. is you feel bad of who you are as a person. I see, I see. So neither of those are going to get you past... Um, you know, past it. You no. have to, yeah. You have to let go of that and just say, like you said, everything in life is happens for a reason for you to grow and for you to learn. And you know, if you learn from it, then it's okay, right? Yes. <laughs> it's okay. So you have a, a stop uh, strategy, S T O P, um, and this is for learning how to master conflict resolution. Can you kind of walk us through that stop strategy? Absolutely. Um, you know, use, I'm using the word stop because, you know, literally when you think of stopping, you have your hand up and everything just kind of pause for a second. Right, right. And so the S is then for step back. Yep. And that's for the person because when we're in the midst of the chaos and whatever else is happening, we are not able to look at it and evaluate it objectively. So we need to step back. Right. And then the T is then for time to breathe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to breathe because the oxygen is helping to calm and relax the body. And that's when it gives you a better clarity and the sense of um, clarity to think um, coherently. Right. And, and then, then also when you breathe into your body, you kind of relax it. Otherwise, it's all tense. You know, usually when you're in conflict, you get tense either in your chest or your solar plexus or in your arms. So if you breathe, you kind of breathe into that and it kind of lets go, right? Mm-hmm. So a deep breathing is really important. I, uh, I heard this all the day and I don't, it's not accurate, but I do like to use it as well. Is that, um, they, they say that when you are angry, uh, your IQ dropped by 10 points. Right, right. <laughs> so There's... from a clinical point of view, it's not true, but I yeah. love just using that as for, an, you know, just a picture of it. Right. There's a wonderful uh, quote that says, uh, speak when you're angry and you'll say the best speech you ever regret. Oh, yes. 
Okay, so what's the O? The O is um, options evaluation. We always have options, but when we're in, you know, I don't know if you have heard this, but, you know, I've heard it quite often. It's like, he made me do it, or she made me do this. Right, right, right. And so we need to, you know, evaluate the options in terms of going back to what we were talking about earlier about the control of ourselves. Right. No one can really make us do anything. Even right. when someone put a gun to your head, you still have a choice and options. Right. And so for every situation, there's always more than one two, if not three or four options. So that's when we need to evaluate the, the options. And then the P is standing for put away your pride. Yes, yes. Because I tell people, would you rather be right or happy? Sometimes they say <laughs> I'd rather be right. And then I go, okay, well, then I can't help you. <laughs> oh, I, I can see that, yes. And I have experienced that as well. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Is Yeah, because you, you have to just start thinking about your options and the options that the other people are going to agree with as well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you put away your ego, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you have to say you're sorry if you did something that hurt somebody else, right? That's and, a, and that's the thing oftentimes that, you know, like you said, you have heard, they say, I'd rather be right, but, you know, if you think of a right and wrong, it's a win and lose situation. Right, right. But if you think of how to collaborate and to work with one another, yes, you will have a win-win situation. And I much prefer a win-win situation. Exactly, exactly. So how do you master your decisions? And, and how does trust and doubt come into play? And master your decision is something that you can practice on a daily basis. And all of the, the strategy and the tips I'm give are very simple. Um, this one as well is very easy to practice um, on a daily basis that anyone can do. At the end of each day, I want you to set aside one minute a day and evaluate your day to reflect back. And then give yourself credit for all of the decisions that you have made on that day that you are proud of. Right. Like one, I didn't eat tiramisu yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Or I got up and I took the dog for a walk and uh, early in the morning so I could have my day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good thing to do to kind of recognize because we don't always recognize the things that we do right and be you know give gratitude for that. And even how about giving gratitude to your family members? Isn't yes. that important too? Absolutely. So anything that you have done that that you are proud that that you consider this is a great thing that I have done. It could be for yourself, for others, for pets, even a plant. But it's just anything that it's, you are proud that you have done it, and it gives you pleasure. So do you recommend you do that before you go to sleep, or when, when should you do that? Yeah, you can do it in, you know, before you go to, set, to sleep, to bed. Um, just set aside a, a minute so it, it calms your body down. Um, and this is to start out, I say, one minute, so it gives you uh, a platform to start building up. But as you're doing more of this, it's okay to increase in the time, three minutes, five minutes, half an hour. Yeah, or even writing it out, too. Absolutely, yes. You know, and, and just letting yourself know. And I think um, it's such an important thing for when you're in a relationship to also be grateful and maybe say each night, 
the gratitude you have to your kids and your to your spouse as well. Mm-hmm. And I because a lot of time we tend to focus and spend more time on the negative thing than the positive things. We dwell on the negative thing, but we also know that whatever we put our energy towards, whatever we focus our time on, that will grow. Yes. Yes, we have to have an attitude of gratitude and a positive attitude. So we are just out of time. So why don't you give, um, let's just give the name of your book again and your website. Could you do that for us? Absolutely. It's called The Joy of Me, Uncover Your Loving Self Through the Art of Being Selfish. And it's now available on Amazon. And you can also check it out at the website www.thejoyofme.com. Well, thank you, Shailen Pham, PhD. You're doing a terrific job, and we will keep in touch and let us know about your next book, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Okay, Shailen, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at www.conflicthealing.com Thanks It's about trust Yeah, yeah It's about faith It's about trust The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.